0: Hey, everybody. Joey Mills here again with another bonus episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. I had an opportunity to chat with Amy Ratcliffe, who, among her other credits, is the author of the new book, Star Wars, Women of the Galaxy. It's sort of a visual encyclopedia um, about all the women in the Star Wars universe, not just from the films, but cartoons, television series, books, movies, you name it. Uh, I think she said there's like 75 uh, women or so profiled in this. Tons of great art, tons of great information. It's a fantastic pickup for any Star Wars fan on your holiday shopping list this season. Hint, hint, dropping that in there for you. Uh, But uh, sit back, enjoy, listen to uh, Amy and I chat as we talk about uh, her process in getting this book uh, published and out to all of us. All right, I am joined tonight by Amy Ratcliffe, who, among other credits, is the writer of the recently released Star Wars Women of the Galaxy book, which we're going to talk about more in a moment. First, Amy, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with me this evening. How are you?
1: Good. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm well. I just no- just noticed uh, I have two cats, and uh, one of them needs her nails trimmed, apparently, because I just noticed a giant scratch on my hand. I'll <laughs> go get the trimmer.
0: You can do it while we're talking. It's not a problem.
1: <laughs> Oh, man! I wish they have to be so sleepy for me to trim their nails anyway. That's yeah. my cat. <laughs> I've never tried to trim a cat's
0: <laughs> nails. I couldn't I've done dog nails before, but never we have two cats, and I wouldn't even want to begin to trim their nails. so
1: no, I can usually get like two nails done at a time. then yeah. I have to wait till they fall back asleep.
0: No problem. Uh, well, being uh, involved with uh, the pop culture-focused podcasts, and I know writing for a couple different websites, I'm I'm somewhat familiar with your resume and kind of some of the projects that you've announced and that you've been working on. But for those who are not familiar with who you are, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? When and where you grew up, uh, maybe some of the, your influences growing up, and how all that has brought you to personally and professionally where you are today?
1: Yeah, I will. I will do my best. Um, I, you know, it took me a a while to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. So I didn't start, you know, kind of actually actively pursuing a writing career and a uh, reporting career until I was almost 30. So anytime I see those, like, quotes going around from various people, like Ava DuVernay or even about uh, the late, wonderful Stan Lee, about it's never too late to you can get a late start and you're still going to be fine. Right. Um, so I had this weird path to sci-fi and fantasy in that I grew up in a very small town, um, rural Ohio, you know, a thousand-ish people. And I was always like a little weird, a little quiet, always like reading and prefer to be alone. Um, some of that still applies today. Right. <laughs> um And I got introduced to Star Trek, the next generation through my dad. And that was kind of the first sci-fi I really remember watching though. In hindsight, like I remember like Labyrinth and Dark Crystal. So I definitely got that dose of fantasy pretty early on. And I discovered fantasy novels in high school. And then I finally discovered Star Wars in high school when it was re-released in theaters. And, just like that kind of whole world opened so slowly to me. I feel like I just got in, you know, one one thing at a time. And I'm sometimes envious of, of folks who are like, yeah, I saw it in theaters when I was little. And it's been part of my whole life. Um, I'm like, oh, I kind of, I feel like I, I missed out on having Star Wars around in my, my youth, so to speak. Um, but I eventually saw it. And I really enjoyed the original trilogy. I watched the prequel films, and
0: I noticed you didn't um, say you enjoyed the prequel films.
1: I watched them, like, and even then, like, <laughs> it just took me uh, until *Clone Wars* came out in right. 2008, and kind of *Clone Wars* was just. One, like, I was in love with the, the setting. I liked seeing more Anakin. I loved meeting Ahsoka and learning he had this Padawan we, you know, had not known about. And I had just moved from Ohio to Los Angeles. So it was a big, like, right before that came out. So it was a big life change, a big change in environment and I was in a place where I was finally starting to be more open and outward about being a geek. Um, by then I think I had just gone to my first comic-con and, uh, in San Diego and I just wasn't trying to, not that I really ever hit it before, but you know, I was finding live journal. I was meeting people who were also big Battlestar Galactica fans and SG one fans and just feeling more comfortable And so all of those things kind of came together. And then I went back and revisited the original trilogies and and the prequel uh, films and just kind of started this obsession. And I very much respect a lot of parts. Like, prequels have rough parts. um, But I respect (laughs) them as a whole for what they add to the, the world building, shall we say. And I think Clone Wars is a big part of that. Anyway, um, when I started, like, you know, having capital F feelings about Clone Wars and and finding other fans, like, through Twitter, I signed up for Twitter, like, I think in 2009 or 2010. And I realized, I'm like, well, I've been kind of dabbling, like, with blogging. Like, I tried to do, like, travel and food, and that didn't quite, didn't feel right. And I realized, I'm like, wait, I could talk about Clone Wars or Battlestar Galactica or... You know, I'm just now getting into comics, all those kind of things. And so I started my own blog, Geek with Curves. And just slowly over the course of a few years, like, I just kept putting up content there, like, putting lots of time into it outside my day job. And very, <laughs> very slowly, it felt like I'm um, building up pain work. Uh, so I could eventually, uh, my day job at the time was not was in pet food, of all things. Um so I eventually got enough pain gigs through like Nerd Approved and Fashionably Geek and, and IGN and then starwars.com and Nerdist to kind of, you know, piece all these uh freelancer payments together to to do that full time. And uh it's that was a long answer to your question, but that's kind of how it all came to be it was a a winding path with I felt like very few direct A to B points
0: it's interesting to hear you talk about kind of the good old days of the internet when it was you know people finding people whether it was through AOL chat rooms or whatever going off topic just a little bit because I know you're still actively involved in writing for uh, online publications what do you feel like was the seismic shift that took that fledgling internet people excited to meet people with similar interests to where we have um, put it nicely a more toxic environment online. It seems like in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, I, I think so because certainly way back then um, I would, go on Twitter and actively like, okay, let's look at the star Wars hashtag. Like who can I find? Who can I talk to? And now it's more of a, well, I've curated my space, my safe space. And I know who I feel comfortable talking to on Twitter. Obviously, even though it's all public, I have, you know, I, I know conversations I can jump into with, with certain people and I don't feel uh, like, I, I have no desire to go search the Star Wars hashtag these days. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> to blame you. see what you. people are talking about. Um, so I think it's a like a mix of things. And just that one, social media, you know, we certainly, like you said, always had AOL or, or Live Journal or message boards. But social media has just grown into this weird beast. And then part of, you know, is social media being weird is we all don't put our most of us don't put our entire lives right we present certain sides of ourselves to some degree so you have that aspect and then the aspect of easy accessibility to uh, creators to um just not everyone that's a broad statement but and it's instant so if you're not the type to let knee-jerk reactions like like simmer right. and and cool down uh, you can't with I could just if I really didn't was so mad about something I could go on social media in my my rage and just put it out there and that's I, it's hard to resist sometimes um, and it's helped me have a friend's group uh, that I call ribs which is run it by someone <laughs> so if it's ever <laughs> we ribs each other if it's like, should we put this on social media? Like, how does this sound? Um, but not, not everyone does that. And it's just easy to like hide behind a nom- uh, anonymity. That's hard word to say. I don't think I said it right. <laughs> That's wow. A, I know what you mean. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but when you're just, you know, a person online, maybe you just have an egg picture as your profile. Maybe you have a cartoon. Like, it's just easier to hide and and come out of under your shell and say really hurtful things and, and crawl away yeah, and not think about the consequences. So all of that contributes to what can be a, a still a lovely environment where I engage with so many people and so many friends I've made over the years, but also just a really want, like kind of one where I'm like, Oh, what am I going to get when I look at my mentions? It could, <laughs> it could go so many ways. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, let's, let's, brighten this conversation back up a little bit. Uh, (laughs) Let's jump into Women of the Galaxy. How did the project get started and how did it come together? Was it something that you had pitched or was it something that was a project that someone else had been thinking about and brought it to you? Kind of talk us through how it all got started.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely one of those uh, out of a fairy tale for me scenarios where I got an email from uh, who would become my editor at Chronicle Books, uh, Steve Mockus, And Chronicle and Lucasfilm had been thinking about this project and I think the initial email from him actually, like, it's pretty much, I'm trying to think if we went off course at all, but I think what we initially talked about was what the project turned out to be. It was always um, 75 characters. It was always going to have art uh, illustrations from a bunch of different artists and really take this tone of celebration and kind of pointing out like hey we have uh, a lot of female characters in this galaxy certainly come a long way from when we had you know leia uh <laughs> and only leia though she's amazing and uh, not just heroes and villains but also bar keeps and bounty hunters and even you know a geologist and not just the films too so when i kind of got that full picture from him about the breadth and 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 all of the different things they wanted to touch on in this book and that i could write about you know this super background character who's appeared in a short story of a novel and gets kind of gush about her and all these other characters it was just like an instant yes and i can't like it's been a dream of mine to write a star wars book and i hope i get to do more but i i I can't imagine like having a better first project. It was like total. Like I'm like, I cannot believe I just got this email. It was great.
0: When you say you'd like to work more um, in star Wars, are you talking more like this where it's kind of encyclopedia or would you consider more, are, are you leaning towards, I'd like to tell a story, whether it's a short story whether you know, or something like that.
1: I am uh, not a fiction writer, okay. so it is 100% encyclopedia or like behind the scenes, right? anything along those lines, because those are the books. Well, I like to read all kinds of Star Wars books. Uh, I love reading the novels, too, but I certainly like it's always like the a really fun day when that first visual dictionary comes out right. for whatever the new, you know, and you get to look through all the details or the making of books or the art of books. So fingers crossed, uh, I get to do more of the I guess kind of reference books is what I think of them. Right, um, nonfiction about a fictional world. Um, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, I remember to kind of go off subject a little bit. Uh, I remember one of the first when I got my first working, you know, paying job as a teenager. One of the first books I bought, I saw the cover and just started thumbing through it at the bookstore back when there were bookstores, brick and mortar stores. Um, and it was the—I don't know if you've seen it. It was the Smithsonian guide um, talking about the uh, the display they had at the Smithsonian, Institute. But it was it was kind of a history of Star Wars and a lot of the influences it would have. You know, the photos of the guys in their flight suits, and then it would have you know archival photos of you know World War II fighters, and and it was so amazing to see that this world wasn't just something that. George had come up with, you know, on a whim that there are so many, you know, real life inspirations and examples of, well, it looks like this because this looks like that or whatever. So uh, yeah, definitely can uh, geek out with you over those things. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I haven't heard of that book, and now like, I'm like, I'm going to go look that up on eBay.
0: Yeah, I'll have to. I'll get I'll get, a, I'll get a, <laughs> a photo of the uh, cover and send it to you on Twitter or something.
1: Thank you. I love those kind Absolutely. of things Absolutely. Yeah, so that was one of
0: those things. It just, it captured, I mean, I remember just looking through that night after night after I get, you know, as a teenager working some menial job somewhere, but just, I was just obsessed with that, you know, that whole other aspect that you don't see in the films or in the cartoons or whatever, but... Uh, but that's enough about me. Uh, for those not familiar with your book, it is, like we've talked about, it's sort of a visual encyclopedia. So talk to us a little bit about the art and the artists involved. Did you have any say in the look and the folks that contributed in that respect, or was that something that the publisher put together?
1: For the most part, Chronicle, my wonderful editor, Steve, and the assistant editor, Julia Patrick, worked really closely with Lucas Lucasfilm to choose the artists, and some of whom were artists they've already worked with on other comics or, you know, tops cards. And I think there were a couple in there that I had mentioned that just like not, they didn't like necessarily contact them because of me. It was just people they already had on their radar, but it was certainly a delight to start seeing art from people I followed on Instagram for years or, you know, purchased prints from before. And they really figured out the design too. And I do not envy them that task just the the layout alone of figuring out like okay this art's going to go on this page and we have to get to this page number and it was uh (laughs) i think it was a giant jigsaw puzzle from what i heard yeah so and i think uh, the art is the most incredible part of the book as uh, speaking from just if i put my myself in the the shoes of a fan uh because i am (laughs) um It's just so cool to see, you know, uh, over a hundred illustrations done by 18 female and non-binary artists in their own styles, sometimes of characters we've never seen illustrated before because they're from the novels. And uh, a lot of characters, like maybe we've only seen illustrated in a single comic or only in a video game. So this is a new way to see them. And then just all the different, takes on characters we know and love from the films and animated series and i think the artists all did such a great job i feel like when i flip through the book if i look at a picture of um i was just looking at the jazz amari picture the character uh, the bounty hunter character from aftermath mm-hmm. like everything about her pose the way that picture is uh laid out and the use of space like it all just had it it evokes like her personality like there's a lot of energy you can tell uh she has kind of a lethal uh a lethal edge about her just and it all comes through from the page and I think every illustration is like that and it just as someone who uh has never really tried to draw much of anything Mm I'm just amazed at what they can all what they all infused into you know a two-dimensional piece and I think it's I, yeah, I think the art's just amazing.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, so I think I first, when you first made this public, it was back in, what, May, sometime in the spring, I think. Um, but at that point, I imagine you were already down the path of ways. Kind of talk us through the process. When you got started on this, um, you know, for those who don't know, how long does it take to put together something like this? And kind of, kind of what was your day-to-day as you worked on this project? How did that kind of go? What was the process for you?
1: well it was a this book was made on a uh from what i am told because it's my first one a pretty aggressive timeline okay. um i had to write the first draft in seven weeks and i wrapped up that last draft or i'm sorry the first draft rather right as the last jedi was coming out so that was the last batch of characters I could do for their first draft. Cause I still had to wait for solo, the star Wars story right? and star Wars resistance. And Lucasfilm did give me as much information because they could basically, and it was all very helpful, but there was, you know, I had to kind of, at least with solo, wait to see the film to get a better, just more context, more things that could inform my profiles of the characters. And then, you know, resistance, that was the; those were the last three characters I wrote, and that was finished. The book was announced on May 30th, I believe, mm-hmm. and I think I was just wrapping up my final drafts of the resistance characters pretty close to that time. Okay. And all throughout, when I turned in my first draft, which I wrote, you know, happened to unfortunately like my deadline was right before my two-week break from my day job for right. holidays was like oh i would have loved at that time because um, as it was you know i work full-time for nerdist so i would try to get up early in the mornings because i work i write better in the mornings and get an hour or two of either research and or writing done before i went to work yeah i would try to write because at least i get in the evenings like i could devote to research right and I made a spreadsheet of all the characters and and tried to figure out, okay, well, I have this many days, I have this many characters, how many do I need to do per day? And knowing that information, I, of course, did not always stick to it. <laughs> and um, I'm a procrastinator, and I discovered the video game, Stardew Valley, when I was writing my first draft, which oh, is a no. very... Ad- Time sink, yeah. Sync. Yeah, because yeah, I'd be like, well, this is my reward for finishing. Yeah, and I did not. <laughs> so... Lesson learned, but it got done. Um, but it was a lot of early mornings. And then edits came in kind of more slowly. I think we we did those over the course of a few months because it was working with my editors at Chronicle and then eventually working with um, Notes from Story Group at Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. So it was a really good back and forth. And my editor was very patient with me My as a, as a first-time author and answered so many noob questions that i just things you don't you know think about or wouldn't i I, I don't know i always felt like i'm like this is probably a silly question but um so anyway i'm thankful the editing process was a little more drawn out all the while while they were editing text they were kind of you know managing the artists and figuring out who is going to draw what and even though I think it's great. Lucasfilm very much, like I said, like let the artists work in their own style. Lucasfilm, of course, had to, there were approvals w- within that too. Right. So, but it was always like a lovely day uh, when I would get, like when my editor would share like rough sketches or like half done pieces. Cause it was like, okay, this is the art that's going to go with it. It's all good. It's all going to be okay.
0: What has been your favorite thing for back of a lack of a better word from this project whether it's something you wrote that you're like wow i felt good Th- those words went together well or whether it was seeing a particular piece of art for the first time or signing your first copy whatever the case may be what was the one thing that to you out of this whole journey that you've been on with this book you're like wow that's the one thing i could hang my hat on and be like that was that was great
1: Oh, I've been so lucky to have a lot of just really tremendous moments, and so many supportive and kind comments and and notes. But I think my favorite thing—not I think my favorite thing is at New York Comic Con. We Chronicle and um, I, like Chronicle, released the book. They had a early kind of exclusive at the convention, like. 50 per day or something and it was uh, two or three weeks before the book came out so I did some signings there and I got to meet a lot of people and one day this girl named Leanne who I would guess is probably around eight or nine years old came to my table and she's dressed as Ray and she was so sweet and her favorite character was Ahsoka and like she knew her like she knew her Star Wars, which right. I just always find super adorable when it's a kid who's like, "I'm like, how do you know all this? I don't know this." <laughs> and she was a delight, and like willing to like take pictures and be like, you know, kind of like let uh, my publicist and her dad be like, "All right, but can you pose like the cover?" So she posed like the cover of the book like to match Ray, right. and that was just. Like I still like thinking about like that picture. Like I'm like that. I'm like, oh, what a cry! It's just so sweet. Like that's what I, you know, the book is obviously for all ages, for everyone. But if it can get kids more excited about Star Wars, or kids to see like, look at all the wonderful female characters in this galaxy, and and find one who inspires them, or that they can connect to or relate to in any way, like that's what it's about Absolutely. for me. Absolutely,
0: that's awesome. Yeah. Well, you've been promoting the book, and obviously you've been on this side where I'm sitting of the mic as a journalist. Um, what is the one question either you haven't been asked and you and you wish somebody would ask you this one particular question, or if you were sitting where I am tonight, what's the one question that you would ask yourself?
1: Oh, I always like knowing um, how authors take care of themselves when they're stressed out from writing a book because... <laughs> I was like, you think like I'm writing a book and it's about star Wars. This is going to be so joyous and incredible. And it was those things, but it's also like, it's also scary. right? Um, every step of the way I was stressed out a lot. I cried a lot. My dear uh, uh, now husband, uh, I just got married a few days ago, yes. um, which is awesome. But I'm like, Oh yeah, husband, I get to say that um, was very patient with me as I'm um, like, just like sitting amongst a pile of Star Wars reference books, crying, like why did I say yes to this? But uh, so I'm always interested when auth like I def like when authors like is this okay? Is this normal? <laughs> um, I can still be happy and have all these feelings, right? What do you- so. So it's what was your what,
0: what what did you do to get away from that feeling of being overwhelmed and stressed and afraid and just to relax and recharge yourself?
1: A lot of Stardew Valley, <laughs> <laughs> which we discussed, yes, which we have discussed, and uh, just taking time away from Star Wars and reading, like a, I love romance novels, um, so I would take a break that way and like okay i'm gonna not even read a star wars book um or you know a comic or whatever i'm researching like I need to take a break and and look at a completely different universe and that really helps me just kind of separate myself and and regroup
0: Very good. Well, I appreciate, again, you taking the time to talk with us this evening. Star Wars, Women of the Galaxy can be found online or in a bookstore near you if you can get to a brick-and-mortar store. And if they don't have one, ask, and I promise you somebody will be happy to help you and take your money. Um, So go out and get a copy of uh, the book for the Star Wars fan in your life this holiday season. Like you said, it is for everyone. It is... It's fantastic. Uh, it's beautifully written. It's very informative and informational, and it's it's fun. I've got a son who's fourteen, and he loves it because he loves Star Wars. Because he didn't have a choice. Um, and I've got two daughters, <laughs> uh, twelve and nine, and they both think it's fantastic as well. So it is truly for awesome. everybody. It's it's a fantastic book. Um, but thanks again for taking the time tonight. I appreciate it. And is there anything else you well? You've got the platform. You've got the microphone. So anything oh, else?
1: I'm just going to say thank you. That was all so kind. And I'm really happy your kids are enjoying it. I just, I appreciate you taking the time to, to chat. Um, I'm so excited. Yeah. We can find
0: good stuff. We love to get the word out here. So, and this is one of those things when, you know, I think you announced it on social media, like you said, back in uh, May. And I think I was among the first people to (laughs) DM you and be like, so when can we get you on the show? So. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. And, uh, you know, I writing for uh, a few other uh, websites and stuff as well, everyone that has seen it, and many that I know and work with and talk to have everyone has had nothing but positive uh, things to say about the book. I mean, it's, I think it's making our holiday gift guide over at geek dad and geek mom, if it hasn't already. So, um, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. We definitely encourage anybody who's interested in star Wars to run out and grab a copy or order. theirs online and get it soon before the holidays, because I promise you, you know, somebody that's going to enjoy this book, this holiday season. So thank you again, Amy, uh, have a good holiday season and enjoy you're i guess you're still in the honeymoon phase and uh, yes. we will we will be more than willing to uh talk to you the next time you've got one of these uh Star Wars books uh released uh hopefully that'll be sooner rather than later once you've recharged and are ready to tackle the project once again
1: yeah fingers crossed
0: <laughs> all right well you have a good night thanks again
1: you too thanks joey
0: so there you have it. That was my conversation again with Amy Ratcliffe. Thank her one more time for being a part of the show. Uh, if Again, if you have a Star Wars fan on your holiday shopping list, be sure to pick up a copy of Star Wars Women of the Galaxy. You can find it online or wherever books are sold near you. Uh, if you're not sure where to look, you can certainly head over to theculture.com and we will have a link to where you can purchase this on Amazon on our website. Thanks again, Amy. Have a good holidays, folks, and we will talk to you somewhere down the road on another episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast.